Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and as always, joined by my good buddy, Michael Daniels. How's it going this week, Mike? It's going pretty great. Um, yeah, awesome stuff going on. The uh, yeah. week has had a little bit of storms, but sunny weather's happened to come back out, and it's getting finally hot and humid Indiana summers. <laughs> right on, right, right on. I think, I think today was it, but it's been pretty good. I've gone out to the Lake Monroe a couple times in the last week or so, and it's been kind of a little overcasty, but not too hot and, you know, some breezes. So Indiana's been doing us pretty good. I can't uh, uh, say it was bad. I thought that w- with our weird winter, we would have a really terrible summer, um, but it's been kind of July and August. Yeah, it's, yet, it's, it's pretty unpredictable in general. Yeah. So how's life up up in the, the great white north going? <laughs> not quite it's, that is far. Is it snowing there? Not, not there quite ice, in Canada. I, the glacier's yet. not coming down yet? No, no. Um, we've been getting some, uh, some traction on the house. I'm still hopefully on the tail end of this stupid sore throat thing. But, um, oh, he's still going, still going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for the benefit of our listeners, it's been three days since the episode you heard last week. So we're, it means you're getting you're getting old and you don't bounce back from being sick in one day. No, right, right. It's just it's just yeah. uh just how you'll how how you'll feel for the for the rest of your life. You'll, you'll just <laughs> gradually right. get worse and you'll eventually die. Yeah, I I I said when I was younger, I was like, it's just taking longer and longer for me to get over being sick or hurt. I think what happens when you get older is that each time as you get older, it takes let's say like a day longer every year. And then eventually right. you're just sick and hurt all the time and you just keep hurting yourself even more and sicker every time until you're just dead. It's just your body can't handle <laughs> there's a, all, um, all that. There's a darkly funny comedy special um, by Norm MacDonald. If you recall, yeah. he was he was one of the Weekend Update guys on SNL. Yep, yep. Uh, his recent Netflix special, Hitler's Dog, I believe it's called, and, and there might be another title. Um, he says that he he talks about idioms or little sayings that are, um, some of them are true as a metaphor, but not true in actuality. Okay. Right. And the example he gives is, um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And he says, he says as a metaphor that works, right? Like if you, if you survive through a trying, you know, emotional, situation or or whatever and you learn for it learn from it you you'll probably you know grow as a person right he said but in actuality like if you get sick or or break a bone like most things that don't kill you make you weaker until they eventually kill you that's right (laughs) you got one bone you got one bone broken it won't heal and it will not be the same as it was before right or better you know that's that's totally true so your your sickness, man, your sore throat is only one more step to the grave. That's all yep, there is to yep, it. Yep. So here we are. We're thirty three days till Gen Con. Yep. It's, get, it's getting inching inching closer. That's like we're close to a month. It'll be But by the time this away. episode airs, it'll be like what? Math is hard. It'll be like twenty five days. Right. Or something. Right. It'll be less than a month. And everybody'll be like, Oh yeah, they're they're gonna get packing up here pretty soon to go over there. We uh yep. We have all of our, I think all of our, most of all of our ducks in a row, everyone has by, by now. I have to, um, getting things going. I, I don't know if you do this, but I have to go through and, um, figure out what, 
uh, stuff I'm going to sell and get that oh, set up. Oh, I every year I think I need to do that, and then I just miss the boat. Mm. I don't do it. I, I have this thing, too, about, like, I don't know, how, how do you... I don't want to get into specifics here for our, on the air, but how, how do you, you got a massive boatload of games to sell. Trotsky has like a wagon and he <laughs> takes it around. What do you, do you like park really close and something and then take all your games? And well, I've like, like all things Gen Con, I've learned from experience. Yeah. Um, I, when, when David and his wife moved into my house and I had to pack up a bunch of my stuff and put it in a storage unit, mm-hmm. um, I bought a bunch of clear plastic storage bins or we call them totes yeah um from walmart or meyer i forget which uh for several reasons um and i'd seen this you know somewhere on a blog or something life hack um plastic totes are waterproof or at least much more waterproof than a cardboard box yeah uh also also mouse resistant and (laughs) If they're clear, you can see what's in them. Right. And I got two big totes. That, you know, there were several several uh, engineering flaws with these totes. They're tapered instead of straight up and down, which, of course, is so that they can stack in the store. And also the bottom sort of fits in the middle of the lid when the okay. lid is on it kind of thing. I'm going to hire you for a tote representative for Walmart. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those design features did not make them conducive to holding square and rectangular board games. Oh yeah, uh, which is annoying. Anyway, I went deep on those on those totes. But <laughs> two years ago, I think, I think possibly three. No, two years ago, um, I took my sale items in one of those totes and kept the other one at home. And then we took an Uber from the loft down to the convention center and i got there and i was like what am i going to do with this tote i was like i'm not i'm most definitely not going to haul it around with me all day empty yeah that's that's uh, you know that's fool's errand and well i gave it to one of the guys working the auction and i was like if you put my name on this you know stick it back there somewhere which he did and put my name on it. Then, of course, Sunday morning, whatever, when I was getting my payout from the stuff that sold, yep. couldn't find it. Of course. Right. I'm, so, and I'm I was surprised like, that, they, that one guy even let you because they even, like even offered. Clever. Right. And right. I mean, you know, in the in the vast scheme of things, it's whatever it's those dope. totes are like. They're less than ten bucks. I, I think you lost it in the profits. Is what you did. You lost. It yeah, in the profits. E- exactly. I'm like, whatever that tote cost was worth not potentially having to haul it around all day at the con. And right. so See, then there's all sorts of weird things like that, like how you have to deal with you know transporting the games. Well, that. sure. I've I've seen people do all kinds of things. Like if they have a bunch of stuff, they've got a freaking you know hand truck wheel dolly kind of thing, and you know that they like. They have somebody giving them a ride there or whatever. I, I'm not usually carrying that much stuff. Like, I'm selling enough that I can carry it all. And so I think this last time I either took a cardboard box or what I found is um, reusable grocery bags, especially mm-hmm. especially the ones that you get at Gen Con from, like, Cool Stuff Inc. or whatever. Um yeah. 
are just the right size for your standard square Euro game. Surprise, surprise that Cool Stuff Inc. would give you that kind of stuff. Right? Well, I mean, but they're not that much different in size from the standard grocery grocery bags, so oh, sure, sure. it's it's handy. Um, I think maybe I took one of I took everything to sell in one of those and then just folded it up and put it in my, um, you know, my messenger bag that I carry around. Right after the, after uh, the lesson of the year before with the plastic toad, I was like, okay, I have to take something collapsible. Right. I think I to, think my with all uh, those sale items. I was just thinking. I think my my schedule is pretty tight this year. I gotta I gotta make sure that there's time that I can go to the, the auction store. I mean, that's where I spend too much money mm. every year. For sure. You're gonna I mean, you're I gonna lo- save that for it. Saturday. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I've got to. I've got to figure. I, I know it's all picked over, pretty, but pretty you then you're not. If you go on Saturday, stuff's picked over, but you're not tempted to pay the Thursday or Friday prices. Yeah. Um. A lot of times, though. I got to say the Thursday, the best, some of the best things I've gotten have been Thursday and Friday because you pay a little bit more, but you'll get the good, the good stuff. I know when I found my box full of all my fantasy books that I've always wanted to collect ever, (laughs) and I finally got every single one, it was, yeah, I'm buying it right away, right now. I mean, it was definitely the deal. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping to find some uh, Lord of the Rings card game. Obviously. I, uh. I I got I got a couple more sets on eBay. Um Yeah, I saw that. Somebody I set up a couple of um eBay alerts, which I haven't done in a while. I I used to do it. I did it for a couple years with um vinyl records. Yeah. Just have a saved search. Anybody anytime somebody posts up a a record for like a dollar with free shipping, I'm like, "Let me T- tell me about that. I want to see what that record is. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Like it's Let's it's probably terrible, but you never know. Um, right. Somebody had listed uh, the the first two. So I've said before on the show that the big collection that I bought has just one of the quests from the first um, adventure pack cycle. Okay. Uh, that's the one that I've been struggling with the journey to Roscobel, where you have to save the oh, eagle. Yeah. It's right seems very difficult slash luck based um and so somebody had listed the first two in that cycle um the hunt for Gollum and the conflict at the carrick yeah and but the description was hard to hard to find to get the well yeah and they're because they they're not always they've done like six or seven of these series now and so they're not always all in print. I think they just started putting reprinting this one. But if you get them retail, they're like fifteen. If you go on Cool Stuff Inc. or something, they're more like twelve or thirteen. And so that's sort of my, sort of my baseline. Right. You know, looking at like here's full price, and I bought those ones in Greenwood for half, so they were like seven. Um, right. But th- this this eBay listing had had these first two cycles, but it said nightmare decks and you see nightmare decks a lot because they're just encounter cards that are yeah. much more difficult and they're cheaper because there aren't as many cards and, and nobody wants them <laughs> and nobody <laughs> wants so, i'm like so who wants to make hard. this game harder um right. it's already hard and uh but then i looked at the description i looked at the pictures and i was like okay i definitely see player cards here these cards don't look like you know i looked up the nightmare deck and i'm like this 
the, the nightmare cards are, have these red borders and stuff. I don't see that. And so I messaged the person. I'm like, are, are these, your description says this, but the picture looks like the normal adventure packs, which, which, which is this? And, uh, right. it was, you know, somebody's, somebody's wife selling her, selling her husband's, you know, think game he probably never played or whatever. And, um, she's like, I'll have to, I'll have to ask my husband when he gets home. And <laughs> so she confirmed they were the adventure packs and then I bought them right away because like with shipping, they were like nine a piece or something maybe 10 and i'm like that's not an insane deal but everybody else selling out of out of print adventure packs is charging like 20 bucks for them and so anyway and now i have to buy more sleeves more stuff well you had a whole bunch of sleeves come in i'd seen that too yeah well i have all the all the different colors for the different um spheres but the majority of the cards go in clear sleeves and i thought i had a bunch more of those left but i had like one pack which is not enough oh really i got the the... i got the hunt for golem set sleeved but not the not the second quest and most of the uh player cards but anyway that's the kind of stuff i'll be looking for at the auction so i need to go through my collection and probably be a little more ruthless, you know, stuff that I was very optimistic about when I bought, which is always mm-hmm. kind of a hard thing. But I'm like, I just don't. I have too many games that just sit and never get played. And there's no reason for me to, uh, you know, accumulate a, a you know, Dice Tower, Tom Vassar style wall of board games. Right. Uh, I don't play that many games and I don't need, I, I you know, I don't have a place to... Uh, to do that you know i'm looking at moving in the next hopefully the next year or two uh and i i don't need to haul around games that i well the the other thing too is it's it makes it makes things like your investment in and we've talked in last several months about the lord of the rings game it makes an investment in a game like that much more logical instead of buying games that like you know you and i would do like with hope that we would be able to play them Mm -hmm. and then they just kind of sit there as opposed to taking that money and putting them in a, a game you will be able to play all the time. Even if it's a single player game, it's huge. Which recently the I saw the price of uh, uh Gloomhaven not come down because it's still <laughs> I was, high, it's still higher. I was gonna ask you is. about that because you posted the Amazon link in one of our group chats and I'm like, oh, hundred and thirty dollars. But like yeah. like hundred and thirty dollars is a low amount. But it is. I'm like I'm like, oh, that's a that's a pretty good deal. And then I had to I had to do a little I had to do a little self uh whatever whatever you call it, self counseling to go, <laughs> yep. okay, you just paid for six months <laughs> WoW subscription. That was like right. seventy five bucks. Right. Then you bought the new expansion, which was another like sixty because I, I upgrade I sprung for the collector's edition, which I've never done, but <laughs> there they're like mountain wow and mountain heroes of the storm and i'm like uh, i've paid money for both of those things so i don't mind so much mm. and i'm like okay you just spent that much on that and you're still doing this uh lord of the rings game I'm like don't just wait look for it at gen con like <laughs> yes the prime shipping thing is cool but i don't you know yeah, it's free it's free for that i mean that was right exactly like, like you know you you buy it used or game. something, and you're like, "Yeah, it's going to be forty five dollars shipping." Yeah, well, the it's not too long ago, not probably less than a month on Amazon, they were going for two hundred. 
Right. And well, I you know, and, and they weren't always on Prime. I looked because um I'm on Instagram fairly often and somebody had um sorry, not somebody. I get you know, Instagram has sponsored ads. Yeah. They have ads in the in the feed and they're to my thinking less obtrusive than ads almost anywhere else because like you're scrolling through pictures and you're like there's someone's cat there's a meme there's some waffles there's an ad <laughs> there's, there's some waffles there's you know there's somebody else's picture their baby whatever um <laughs> and but of course because whatever because facebook's spying on me um <laughs> they own instagram now like i see ads in instagram for vid- for board game stuff like the big yeah it's often Kickstarter, board game Kickstarters, that giant backpack somebody did a while back. Not very, not that long ago, a week or two. Right. Um, but an Instagram ad for Gloomhaven from Cool Stuff Inc. And I'm like, stop. No, no, I'm not, <laughs> not, not doing it. And today I clicked through just out of curiosity. And even on Cool Stuff Inc., it's 139. I'm like, oh, yeah? I've never seen something on Cool Stuff Inc. higher than Amazon. Because their right. their whole thing is discounts, and also they charge shipping, so their their uh, you know ticket prices can be lower. Amazon, you know, artificially inflates some of their ticket prices to compensate for their free shipping. Right. Well, the the uh, um, the thing with Gloomhaven was that because I, I did the exact same thing you did. Like I, I was just like I just took my buddy out for his birthday and spent too much money on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm got all these other plans that I'm going to be doing and spending more money on. And I want to take a vacation and I, you know, I just spent, I need to take a little bit of time off of blowing money. I mean, I could do it, but you know, right now this summer, I'm, I'm happy being completely busy and I can't see that I'm going to have even more time to sit down and play, you know, Gloomhaven by myself when I'm already right. playing it every week. So, yeah. uh, but, but that being said, it's absolutely worth 130 bucks, whatever that is. I mean, yeah, I mean, really I don't, is. I don't, I don't doubt it. I just can't, I still can't quite justify it. Yeah. I, I hate that. I hate that there's a game out there that I think is a board game. That's, you know, a single player thing that I think is worth 130 bucks because I don't think that, uh, there's video games that I would play, pay $120 for. Um, and not all at once. No, that's a, not all at once. You know, I mean, I've played definitely you know, World of Warcraft for probably a thousand dollars, but I mean the, <laughs> in one shot, I've, I, I probably have, I probably in my lifetime, I may have only ever bought and, or bought, uh, a collector's edition maybe once or twice for a game. Uh, mm-hmm. and I bet you I maybe spent a hundred dollars on something. It might've been some re-release of Mortal Kombat or something silly. Mm. Um, but so I can't say never, but it's the rarity, but this one, I think that, you know, because I could play it single player and it is really interesting and fun and variable and changing. That well, we talked about it, it. Uh, two weeks ago, I think two weeks ago, whenever that right. was. And it, right. it, it sounds really interesting. That's, it, and that's it, why I was so is. tempted. I'm like, hmm. It is. And, and, our, and our buddy Fox, I'm not, I think he plays with friends, but I think he also plays with it solo. And I, I think, think he think mostly plays with Jill. Oh, does he play Jill? Okay. Um, Geek but, scholar Jill, right? But you can you can you can play that solo, and I've heard nothing good but good things about even playing it through and uh, by yourself. And I can see it; it's not hard. Um, one of the at least one person I saw plays it. Uh, you play two players, like you're playing another person. Yeah, like dual. Yeah, du- dual decking. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, right? 
which which you know is is, is fine. Um, so anyway, that that was on sale, and I saw that, and, and I and I was really super tem- tempted, and I'm sure there's better things I could do with my money than that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it, yeah. if anybody's thinking about Gloomhaven, it's gone down in price. Go out, go out, and and uh, and support games and buy it. Besides uh, that, um, our buddy Zahn has been trying to, he, not trying, he's actually actively pursuing getting people together for to play co-op games mm-hmm. on like video games every week. He's right. You know, he is hereby seizing yet another day of my life <laughs> in the week to try to get me to do things that I love. How dare he? Um, but uh, it made me start thinking about like some of the co-op games that I play that I do enjoy because I'm looking through the Steam Summer Sale and Zon has pointed out several games that are co-op. Obviously, he had an ulterior motive before then. And it made me look at them and like, oh, man, I would love to play that game, but I don't want to play it solo. I think it would just be more fun um, co-op. And it's the, the like the new Warhammer. I don't know what it's called, like Vermitude or whatever like that. Was okay. was something like that. It looked really, really amazing, but I wouldn't want to play it by myself, but I'd love to play it with my, with, you know, with my friends. Um, and then also we played recently, what's the Factorio? That's the same mm-hmm. thing too. I'm not sure I would ever have bought that by myself. Not that it's not a good game, and I don't, I don't enjoy it, but it's a sim you, game. You don't, you know? yeah. You don't, you don't sink hours into a game. Yeah, I mean, I used to, and and I love to, but it's it's a uh, I don't know. It's, you've described them before. It's those games that are mind numbing for a good reason. And you just sink hours while you're doing other things to do it. Yeah, and it's whether whether you call that zen or. Zen, Cath- yeah, I like that. Catharsis isn't quite right. Sisyphean. Right. Um, yeah, and, and, and that's that's what those games really really are. Um, but I am fortunate to live in an age these days where there are so many good games out there that mm-hmm. I can be playing. And and I like and I have a backlog, so I don't get to play. But I'm getting off right. tangent here. The, the point was is that I reason I got it was because I enjoyed playing it with you know with my friends, with you included in there. I, that was fun. And so I spent $30 on Factorio and I don't regret it one minute, even though I only played it for a couple of days because mm. those couple of days were with buddies and we enjoyed it. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll probably go back to it again at some point, but yeah. Right. Um, so I've also spent $30 on, on um, Overwatch, which I own for the PlayStation four, played it for years already and, mm-hmm. and play it still. Yet I went and played $30 for Overwatch on the PC. Why? <laughs> because I could play with, friends because you wanted to play, play for real yeah but and I aim with the mouse oh, listen did i hear you i hear you for real um <laughs> so the but anyway is there any other games that you, that you either know that are out right now or that are good co-op games that you've played in the past what's your favorite game that you play with other people besides uh, let's take MMOs that's that that's tough i i struggle with that because i feel like i playing playing games Playing video game, video games we're talking about here. Yeah, video, just video games. Yeah, not playing video games cooperatively seems to me like something that I should enjoy more. Okay, if that makes sense. Um, at at the start of it, it's difficult, right? I I have a hard time, like you know, it's life. Life is complicated, right? Just scheduling yeah. and everything else. Like, right. I have a hard time. Like, either getting people into something or getting into something other people are interested in at the same time. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I am notorious for we get, um, you know, we get Minecraft going again. Somebody sets up a server. Um, we play for a few days, a couple weeks. I get in my head to start some giant project. And then, you know, fully a month or more after everyone else has stopped logging in, like I'll get on, I'll put on an audiobook, and I'll just grind away at whatever new giant yeah. thing I'm building or whatever that nobody's ever going to see because everybody else has quit playing. They quit playing. Right. Um, I, I, I was more active this, this most recent cycle trying to get uh, um, my brother David, who was the one who sort of instigated that, trying to get him involved in my project. I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm building houses that look like this. If you look at this, the walls are this high. The, the roofs are made out of this kind of wood whatever and uh and so we did that for a while i forget i forget what happened hmm with with minecraft or with that one yeah with minecraft I'm not i sure. think I, I thought it was still up one i mean it is but we went through a time of like one or one or both of us and you know nobody else were too too busy and i don't remember i haven't like gone on any trips or anything like that so i don't really remember what happened but um you know a combination of that and just the normal like every every time we come back to that game the cycle is shorter right um the the burnout the burnout comes sooner and you know i mean there was a time in let's see you see, you still, you still, you still avoided the question. Like, have you picked a favorite one for a while? Well, well, I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to run through my my personal history. Um, okay. Starbound was fun for a while, but it's changed a lot. Um, it that was sort of a weird game because, at least in the version we played, it had this sort of progression where you'd go through and find and beat each of these bosses, but yeah. it it also had this like. Um, you know, OCD collector triggering thing, kind of like Minecraft, except in two, excuse me, in two D and with much more variety, like all different colors yeah. of trees and all different colors of dirt and all this stuff. And I just right. felt compelled to like save everything that was cool looking. Which, which in Starbound, that's the reason I actually stopped playing. I played Starbound early mm-hmm. um, when it was in beta, when they didn't have any kind of progression stuff. They kind of did a little bit. And it was a lot of a huge sandbox, but had no, I just kept doing the same thing you were talking about. It's like, I'd want to, Ooh, this is neat. Oh, this is neat. But there was real, no point. It was just, yeah, there was nothing to do with any of that stuff. Once you collected it all. Yeah. I mean, there are, and and their answer is always anything you want to do. Like that's not, (laughs) you know, that's I'm sorry. That's not an answer. You can build your house on a planet. It can be a castle way off. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter because I'm the only one seeing my little, artwork you know right is right it exactly it goes into it yeah but anyway exactly um there but were terraria, two... terraria i played a lot of and that's starbound ish right and that was that, had that was goals a pre a precursor to uh to starbound i i never really got into terraria for whatever reason um that one was fun. there were two distinct periods where our real friends got into wow this is before you started hanging out with us but yeah during I guess it 
I guess both of them must have been during Cataclysm, though that doesn't quite make sense. Uh, we're, um, gonna take, we're taking MMOs out of the equation. No MMOs. Oh, we are. Okay. Yeah. Well, the the punchline of that story is we had a raid group in Firelands in Cataclysm, and we also had a group like Wednesday nights or something where we all played goblins. Like we all, all my real life friends generally play Alliance, but we all, the expansion that goblins came out, which I believe was Cataclysm, we all played goblin alts and we would just grind dungeons. Um, okay. So that was a thing, but other than, other than that, I don't, I don't really know. It's not, it's not really the th- a thing that I that I pursue too hard. I mean, most of my history with video games, um, I didn't I didn't connect too much with my younger brothers until the last five six years, I guess, um, because they were so much younger than me. I didn't want to like negatively influence them, <laughs> which okay. is a, a weird right. a weird thing. But then when when they were like. 12 14 something i wasn't going to be like hey check out wow you can yeah. you can you can waste your life too that's right um, especially as a young age when you need to be building social skills exactly right? when you, when you should be in school or whatever right. um right and and so and so when i try to play with our friends which i've done with probably one or two of the borderlands games um, I missed the Left 4 Dead train, though that's only a four-player, so that would have been tricky to get into anyway. Um, we one time land Diablo 2, just like a land party one night. Uh, Diablo, any... Diablo 2 is Diablo 2's a, a, got a good run for good co-op game. Yeah. Like um, we tried it in Diablo 3. It's better now than it used to be, but when we all, we all bought Diablo 3 as soon as it came out, and the the problem Diablo three had with co-op is that if you're playing solo, you have a, a, a an NPC, whatever, um, champion. I forget what it's called in, uh, in D three, but you had an NPC character going around with you, helping you kill stuff and repeating the same, like five dialogue lines. Right. 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 Um, Annoying, but very useful. If a person, if another player joins your party, your um, champion person goes back to town. Okay. Uh, which which sort of makes sense, right? Like, if everybody had their champion in a two, you know, then, like, a three-player party would have six, you know, ally NPCs or an ally characters. Like, it would be broken. Um, right, yeah. The problem is, if I was playing solo and I had, you know, I was whatever, like I was a ranged DPS and had a had a melee sort of tanky NPC with me, I was I was doing okay, you know, I was going through the kill and stuff. The NPC was tanking for me and whatever. And then Zahn joins my game. Well, now my NPC tank goes away, but I don't know where Zahn is or what he's doing. Yeah, like he's in town sorting his bags. Or he's run off in a different <laughs> direction. Odd. And so now, like, if we were together, he is more powerful and more effective than that NPC. Okay. But 
he, he's completely unpredictable. Like, I have no idea where he is or what he's doing. And now I'm getting killed because I don't have my tank. That, that's because um, you're playing with Zahn. That's why. <laughs> well, right, right. Um, right. A, a lot of that is fixed. I feel like it's easier to it's easier to do stuff solo. Maybe they made those henchmen things weaker or something. And so when I was when I was back in Diablo three, um, I would either join or play an open party. You know, they over the yeah the years that game has been out, they've improved a lot of those mechanics where it's just like I join in somebody else's game, I teleport right to them. Like they can kill stuff fine. We're gonna kill stuff faster if we're together, and uh, and we just you know burn through stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's a that's a that's a classic sort of co op experience. I don't know about any new games. I don't I don't keep up too much with you know we talked about this last week with new Steam games or whatever. I mean, there's um the new Fallout game. Is going to have some right. co-op mechanics, which is a whole, whole well, new experience in the Fallout franchise. But say again: is it co-op? Is it co-op or is it MMO? It's hard to say. Like I've seen my my brother is really into those, and and I've played a few of them. Um, I mean, I've not heard a lot. I've, it I've sounds like it sounds like a very weird them. hybrid. So, did you have did you have something else you wanted to say about co-op games or well? I mean, I, I'm 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 coming across. Uh, I'm trying to think the, some of the co-op games that I I just think that for me there's it makes games. You, you talked about how I'm stumbling here, but you talked about how it should be something you like. I think it's it is the thing I like. I think it's mm. the thing that can make a game where oh, I don't really want to play it to something that it really makes you know that I will definitely go in and spend more money than anything if everyone's going to do it. Um, I played I played World of Warcraft with when I was married with my wife for several years we played it and that was great. I mean, we really really enjoyed that playing that together and it made the whole experience better. Playing MMOs with people with a, a guild makes the experience better. And then um, and then you guys and then you guys quit playing and not long after that you got divorced. Yeah, about a year later, right? Yeah, that's, that's that was the that was the thing. Or two, maybe I, it was two I, years later. I understand so, so much better now. Right, that's what it is. Uh, keep, yeah, and, keeping, and that's keeping a families whole, together since 2000. You know, that's a that's a weird sort of personal uh, thing for me. Every time I come back to WoW, I'm like, I don't have the how do I, how do I say this? Like, it's hard for me to sit at the computer, um, being here in a house with other people. It's hard for me to sit at the computer as much as I used to when I lived by myself. When I rated and whatever else but even when even when i was still living alone i had a real hard time like committing to the social requirements of being a part of a guild like being really involved rating and all that stuff because when i played in burning crusade um everything was so much harder that we probably spent like 30 hours a week just rating like just actually oh, yeah, sure. being in the raid. Right. And then and then on top of the, and it might have been more like 20 hours. But then on top of that, I had probably equally as much time m- maybe not. When we were in the heat of raiding, I'm sure it wasn't equally as much cuz I didn't have time to do anything else. Um right. you know, I would farm up materials or do daily quests and then go to bed cuz um you know, there was no time left. Um yeah. And so 
for that reason, every time I come back to the game, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do all this other stuff that I didn't have time to do when I was raiding because raiding took up so much time. I'm going to farm mounts and I'm going to do pet battles and I'm going to do... And then inevitably I, I get bored, burned out with the game because... It's an MMO, but I'm playing solo, like completely yeah, solo. You, there, it's, 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 there are people I can talk to. I'm, I'm part of a guild, but they're all randoms. Like I don't know them. I don't use voice comms or anything like that. And so, yeah. I, it's sort of this weird, like, uh, ri- not risk reward, um, like return on investment. Yeah, sort of For thing. Where like how much you put into it. Yeah, it, you, you have to, to like it's a, it's a lot of quote unquote work to plug into a guild but you get more out of the gaming experience because right. of it because well, that well, did, that did, time I when i was reading right i didn't want to you know 20 30, 30 hours a week like we had we had all these inside jokes like i knew all the people in the guild we had we had sub groups within the group and uh you know because we spent so much time together it was like a part-time job Right. I mean, that, that's one of the reasons I didn't want to like bring too much MMOs because that's a whole different kind yeah, of yeah. hairy monster. But bringing it back again to co-ops that aren't MMOs, uh, it, it will um, make a game that is, um, you know, only okay much better when I'm playing it with other people. And I and I think that for you sure, know, Starbound was one one of those things. Terraria was definitely one of those things. Minecraft is absolutely one of those things um, that I I would not have given Minecraft a second look at all. Um, but, and, and I don't, I don't enjoy playing it by myself at all. It, it, you know, on my own server with my own stuff. Now with other people, it, it elevates it to the, to the ceiling. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do, I've, I've played it both ways. When we first tried it, it actually was one of those games that Zahn found somewhere and he was like, you know, get this, check this out. It's, it's a thing. And then would like, you know, build, build houses, whatever. There's only one kind of wood or whatever. And back in the day, there's no fall damage. Nah. I'm like, how did you, how did you get this? Oh, you could just build stuff out of wood. You know, it was all the whole crazy thing. And even when we come back to it, I spend a lot of time in solitude making, making big projects. Sure, sure. But there's no, like people, people like, why don't you, you you don't want to, you know, do creative mode or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, there's, there's no challenge to that, first of all. And if I'm just in a solo creative mode like there's no point to whatever i'm building like i totally agree i could maybe build something and post it on a forum somewhere for for strangers approval but that's not that's not what minecraft is to me minecraft to me is like somebody getting on for the first time and they're like they're like running through and they're like oh what's that over there oh that's uh that's david's house that he built oh what's that big round oh that's dennis's dome yeah, right. Like, I mean, that's that, that, crazy. It's Whatever, really like, exploring these things that that's it's the, not just randomly procedurally generated. These are literally people making these. Right, things. right. But, which actually, and and again, we're focusing too much on Minecraft here, but I think that um, <laughs> that that uh, you should do. People should do that actually with every game. I mean, when you look at Diablo and you walk into town and you're just seeing it as a town, you're just blowing through it, and you don't realize that somebody animated the hand animated the the little lantern that's swinging back and forth on that little house and they drew the lantern and they did the artwork and then they animated it swinging back and forth. And then they made the, the candles in the, in the house flicker. And literally you see it for 10 seconds as you pass it by. Right. And it's those things that someone puts a lot of little effort into, into every game you play. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, 
it's like special effects in movies or costumes or um things like that it's it's some of that stuff that you don't notice it unless it's bad exactly if it's good then then you you don't notice it at all right? it's it's transparent um, so so I, I you know i mentioned factorial being one of those things and, and i wanted to play the other ones uh our buddy i wanted to address also something you said with uh how people move on or they get bored with it that's this is something that sure. zan had mentioned with this group he wants to get together to play is that he says it should also come with a price tag. We should we should all commit to spending thirty dollars a month on games. And I was like, well, okay. That what <laughs> what if we just wanted to play one game? And he's like, well, no, because if we do, then we'll all like, we'll we'll burn you know, you'll have it. loss. Yeah, you'll get burnout, or you'll get one or two people don't. But if you are like, okay, this week we're going to play this for two weeks or so, you know, maybe mm. three weeks. But if and he says like thirty dollars isn't that much to to ask, and uh, if you're if you're if you're buying a, a game and playing $30 with your friends in a month, that's pretty good, which made a lot of sense. I mean, and you know what? If we're all bored of Minecraft, okay, what's the next one? And we're all going to buy it. Right. Right. Which is pretty cool. And, and that does elevate a game a lot more. Um, even even competitive games to me in the past have, have been elevated by co-op in the sense that you're playing with your, your, your friends. Um, I played Killzone. I played some of the Call of Duties and things like that too, especially as they got more and more modern. But um, Killzone was one of the first ones that I played, and it they had classes, you know, that you like a medic and a sniper, and I think it was one of the ones that I had first played like that. Right, um, engineers, and all of a sudden I could play with my friends, mm-hmm. and they all had the different roles, and we were all doing part of a team against the other team, and that was way better than hopping on and playing <laughs> random. Call of Duty, where I'm just killing people randomly, but you're you're playing on a teamwork co-op type thing, and you could even play against bots or whatever. Um, and I enjoy it, you know, even PvP type things I enjoy better with people that I know or or you know playing cooperatively. I guess you know that's what um, League of Legends and yeah. uh, all that stuff's about. Still, you know, you're you're playing with people doing together a teamwork type thing. So, yeah. You know, playing playing Overwatch is better when we're all playing when I'm playing with my friends. Even if we lose all the time, it's way better than if I play by myself, right? It's just one of the, you know co co ops are are where it's at for me. Um, you, you, have you? I'm just going to ask this question real quick before we before we move off this. Have Have you bought any more Steam Summer Sale games recently? Nope, nope. I I. Oh, you're, spent, you're doing. You're committing to WoW. That's right. I mean, I spent WoW. so much on WoW that I can't. I did. Um, I did get Fallout Two installed and give that a try. Oh, right. Yeah. Did you like um, it? That is, if if people aren't familiar now, you played Fallout. I played some of the Fallout games. Yes. I I, you, I can't tell you which one it, which <laughs> ones I have played. Um, I want to say three, but I could be. Could be mistaken. Three, three was the original, was the first Bethesda one, and then um, I want to say Obsidian Entertainment made Fallout New Vegas. Um, mm. those two would have been the first two on consoles. I think those two were the ones I played then. I think okay. I played them on console. Um, I played the one where it was in Washington D.C. At least it ended in Washington D.C. And yeah, that's that's Fallout Three. Okay, and then I played the next one. Was that New Vegas? New Vegas is set in the West, right? In Las Vegas. Right, yes. Right. Um, and I think I bought that one 
And I was like, uh, I'm not interested anymore. Hmm. Yeah, it was so, fine, but it was the new, the same kind of game. You know? So Fallout Two was the second title by the original company, Black something. I want to say, but it's, it's completely different. Like um, the Fallout, Fallout Three, New Vegas, and Four are all this sort of pseudo first-person shooter. Yeah, right. And I say pseudo because they have their VAT system where you drop out of real time and. Or you right. freeze time and and pick targets based on how much energy you have or whatever. Right. Um, Fallout Two is a isometric um, sort of turn based RPG. So it looks like Diablo. Um, but if you aggro onto a mob, and it's funny because it makes like. The original sound effects that they still use, yeah. Um, if a if something aggro's onto you, or if you if you go into vats in the newer games, um, yeah. and then you do like um, time freezes, and you still have uh, action points, which are your like energy. Okay. And you have so many action points per turn, per round, right? Okay. Unlike. The new games where, like, you eat some food or take some drugs and your AP recharges or whatever. Mm-hmm. In the in this old game, time freezes and you have a full bar of action points. It's like the character I'm playing has nine points. Yeah. And so I can punch, which takes three points, or I can kick, that takes four. Sure, sure. Uh, so you, you do, you're like, you click kick and then you click the target and it kicks. Or you can Is move it- and depending on how far you move, it uses up action points yeah, this sounds very much like the XCOM games you were playing any of those no i think you'd like them i mean though i say i say that because i have bought two of them and not played them for more than 30 minutes but only <laughs> the reason i say that is because i when i play them i'm like okay this is going to be big this is going to be one of those ones where you sit down and you learn about every little you know which one is better optimized for this angle, and then yeah, go through the map yeah, and... and it and it remains to be seen whether whether this can really hold my interest. Like I like the idea of it so far. Um, I know that uh, what what I'm now starting to think of as games in this style, um, like Baldur's Gate, which I never played, I am mm-hmm. now assuming is kind of this way. Um, they're they've ported into like iPad versions. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Um which which might be a little accessible, a little more accessible for me. I'm still That's interesting. That's um, interesting. Okay. I'm still playing uh The Room, which is which is a fun challenge. It's a thing to That's do. It's a puzzle game though, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a pu- it's a puzzle game. And so it's a it's a it's a thing that I can do when I'm upstairs watching TV with my family and I can be listening to whatever the show is and be trying to figure out be trying to figure out whatever I lost track of that sentence, but right. um, you know, figure out puzzles while that's going on. Um, right. But yeah, I played, I played about a half an hour of of this game. It it feels like one of those like it could really benefit from a more modern interface because okay. it has like it has like big buttons that have a label, right? There's like an outline with a bevel and a label, text label. And then that button has like a red button in it, 
right? If you could picture this at all. Okay. Um, and you have to click on the red button. Like, you can't click on the text. You have to click on this little red circle. I'm like, okay. oh, I, th- I think in a modern game you would just be able to click on the, on the text. Right, right, right. Like, the, the, the hot spot that you could, or whatever, whatever you call that, like the, the actionable, clickable space would be bigger instead of unnecessarily small. Like, there's nothing around it. If there are a bunch of little things you got to cram all into a small space, like, I get that. But, like, yeah. there's all this area with the with the name, with the name of the ability or whatever, that I should be able to click on. Right. Right? It's a, a little nitpicky thing. But, I mean, right. it, you know, this is an old it's game the, now. It's the old game thing is what it is. It's the old um, game kind of problem. Yeah. Well, the, but it got me thinking, and I don't know where... We're a little long now to go to go too deep into this topic, but it got me thinking a little bit about um, RPGs. I know we're we're pseudo committed at this point to um, our our group playing Star Trek Adventures, mm-hmm. but in your limited exposure to the Fallout franchise, what do you think? Like, do you think it would be? I don't even I'm not even sure how to phrase this question. I, I we talked a couple weeks ago about whether or not IPs make good games. Yeah. Do you think that and I haven't done any research on this or anything. This is kind of a not necessarily a hot take, but a hot take question. Yeah. Um do you think that the Fallout world would make a better RPG than or do you do you think it would make a good RPG? It's it's that that's a that's a good question, but here, I'm springing I, I, let it let me, on let you. Me talk, I know. No, 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 it's fine. Let me let me ask you, or let me tell you the reason why Fallout hasn't held my interest. I don't okay. think it's got a good story. I mean, it's got oh. it's got the, it's got the bunkers. Um, I mm-hmm. I played. I, I say that, but the only the, the Fallout game that I played, I the reason I played it to the end is because I actually enjoyed the story, which makes me fun to say that I, I don't like that have stories. But I'll tell you this: I don't remember what the story was. I can tell you a lot yeah. of games I've played and remember the whole stories, but I do remember I didn't, all the side quests and all of the, the rest of the world was not engaging or entertaining to me. It was, I was playing it to see what, how this was going to end up, but it's all the, it is. It's the classic RPG problem we've talked about before where RPG, a video game RPG, where you get, you get very engaged and distracted with all of the side activities yeah. that you, you kind of forget what's going on. Right, but but Fallout itself, and, and to to a lot of well, Fallout and um, the Elder Scrolls games are the exact same have the exact same problems, exact same thing. Is that they're mm-hmm. all made to be open world? It's what made them exciting to me because they're they're I always called them MMOs without the multiplayer. That you're playing an MMO single player, right? Um, which is super cool, but they they're just it's a world full of side quests, and I didn't really get in. I could never really focus on the on the main story um, on most all of them. So you ask if the fallout makes a good RPG. I don't know. It feels so generic, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic world. Okay. You come from, you come from vaults. Okay, great. That just means that you're the people that survived. But besides that, (laughs) what's the story to fallout? There's no story to the world, you know? Yeah. And I think, I I played through the first one I played was New Vegas, which is funny because it was the second one and it was made by a different company, so it's 
very different in its um I don't know tone. Yeah. Um, and that's also the only one that I finished. Um, okay. I bought four when it was new back in I want to say fourteen, maybe fifteen. Yeah. Um, and the the twist in Fallout Four is that the people in that vault were cryogenically frozen, and okay. so even though two hundred years goes goes by, you're still an original person that was alive before the bombs. Okay. Um, which is a new thing. You're not a, sure, you know, third, a... fifth generation vault dweller. What or I guess right. 200 years would be like 10th generation, but, right. um, and so you, um, it, I mean, it was a little unique, but still right. it's, it was a little unique. And so, sorry, I got, I got distracted there. And so in the in the cutscenes in the beginning of the game, you go into the vault with your husband or wife, depending on which character you play, and your infant son. Yeah. Well, while you're frozen, um, somebody murders your spouse and takes the baby. Okay. Right? Then you come out of the vault. Um, one of the first things you do is find a group of people who are fighting off raiders... And they're like, I don't know. They're they're clearly like good guy help people sort of sort of organization. And the game has all these factions. It's like rep grinds in uh, in WoW. Yeah, but, but um, still, you you could be telling me you could be telling me this in a Mad Max world. Well, any right, po- and, post-apocalyptic world. And so so you go from there. There's this group, then. Almost immediately, you meet another group that are like, um, they're like paladins. Like, they've got big power armor. They're kind of assholes. Then later, you meet um, a group of people who are manufacturing synths. Because the a lot of the stories about these synths, they're like, um, they're like the robots in Westworld or whatever. They're very human-looking robots. Um, and so they're sort of nefarious and I think there's at least one other faction and it's got the same thing Skyrim has where like, if you, if you join up with one faction, the other fact, one of the other factions is going to hate you, but not really kind of thing. And so like you do all of this stuff and you run around and like, there's this whole thing where you build, like you find a location that's like a, um, an outpost or whatever, and you can build there. Like you can build buildings, you put beds there. As you save people, you send them there and like build little shops. And like there's so much to do that you completely lose track of like, oh yeah, your your son was kidnapped and you're supposed to be finding him. Remember when that happened? Like you know, an entire week of of playtime ago. Yeah. So, so my I guess my answer there is that no, I don't think that it would make a good RPG unless you just call it generic post-apocalyptic RPG 01. I mean, there's nothing that that set it sets it apart. Now, I will say there yeah, are yeah, it wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be do. that different from your standard D and D setting, just post-apocalyptic instead of fantasy. Fantasy, right? Now, now I will say this: there there are games that would, and I want to show you, I want to tell you examples of them. Well, this is a cheating one, I guess, but um, I, look, Warcraft. Warcraft has distinct races and characters, and there's world conflicts going on, and there's things that happen in the world that change mm-hmm. storylines. You don't have to be with like 
Varian, Rin, or you know all the different main <laughs> characters. But but you were yeah. We talked about lore at length last week. Yeah, I mean you don't have to be with the, that stuff. Well, the lore is a perfect example. Is that it's rich when you have a good world that's unique and interesting. You can as an RPG character or your party, whatever, can interact with people within that world. And it doesn't have to even be that, but you could be like part of the Alliance or you can be a Draenei or you can be a Night Elf. And it's it's distinct to that RPG. Uh, I see. I'll yeah. Do, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll do another uh, Blizzard thing. Starcraft the same way. Instead of playing just a generic space one, what sets Starcraft uh, uh, apart from Star Wars? Well, Star Wars have Jedi and the smuggler whole type thing. Well, and the Empire, that's always a huge thing in any Star Wars game, RPG. Mm-hmm. But you play Star, if there was a StarCraft RPG, it's going to be, you know, the Zerg versus the Zelnaga. I mean, of course, Zelnaga and the um, Protoss and the Terrans. Protoss and that's going to be something that's going to be a huge difference between if you just played any other sci-fi RPG. Now, Fallout, uh, I don't know. I bet you I could pick up, I'm, I'm sure there's 20 different you know, Mad Max ones or whatever. <laughs> that would be no different than Fallout. What does Fallout bring to the table, right? I guess it, it's what. You yeah, know, yeah. No, no, no. I don't. I don't disagree. It's um, the thing. And I said this to to Andrew when we were watching videos. And like the thing that to me makes Fallout appealing, and it's not. It doesn't really give it staying power, but it gives it the hook to like buy it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is the aesthetic and the theme, like. The idea of, like, whatever time the bombs happened, like, the base Fallout world is an alternate reality where, you know, the culture and stuff sort of was stuck in the 50s when the bombs happened. But, like, technology kept going, so they had robots and, you know, they, like, built their society on radioactive power, like, far and beyond the ways that we did in the in the actual world it feels like like a post-apocalyptic steampunk yeah and so it's i mean it's it's not steampunk but because it's because nuclear power but right. so whatever I'm nitpicking there but the like so you're in a post post-apocalyptic setting but you're still listening to like world war ii era music and stuff like right. that it it's similar to um, Bioshock in that way, where Bioshock yes, is right. Bioshock is definitely more steampunk, right? Um, but it has that like that like futuristic retro kind of hybrid that makes it appealing. But I I agree the story like it the sandbox is so big that you lose track of the story, yeah, or and, any and, of the stories or, or the for world, that or, or the world that's that's, that's or the world, yeah, the world. Yeah, there's there's so you know it's the uh, it's example of like why I think that uh, like the Walking Dead or um, Game of Thrones games are um, are maybe not Game of Thrones, but Walking Dead is you know the, you can say the Telltale games are great, whatever. They're just again story driven. They're just story games that could be spent send in any zombie in, world in any zombie setting where they don't use the word zombie. Yes, but they don't use the word zombie. So <laughs> Walking Dead is made on Walkers. the show is made on the characters, those char- humans specifically. It's not necessarily the world that matters. Those terrible, so, annoying humans. Exactly. So, so w- would you like to play a game in in those worlds? I don't really think so. I, I don't think when someone's picking an RPG game to make, they they shouldn't make them on 
They should make them on interesting worlds. And that's one of the things when you talk about when you play like just D&D, which one of the worlds are interesting to you? Is it Planescape? Mm. Is it, you know. Okay, so your thing? that's 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 good. It's good stuff. We got um, off the track there, but yeah. No, no, that's, I was, I was just, it actually was a thought that came to me today and I, I was like, yeah. mm, it's, it's yeah. interesting. So how do you feel about, well, this is a, this is a good question because it, it, it sort of parallels what we're doing with the Star Trek thing. How do you feel about a RPG setting with no magic, with no spells? Because that mm, no. would be like a zombie, a zombie yeah. survival RPG would be the same way. Now, now I, I have to just start that off by saying it's my preference to play magic because <laughs> I think that to just me personally, I, I enjoy it. And I, it, we were talking about playing that Warhammer game The I wish I could say it, the V, whatever it starts with the Warhammer game. And I looked at it and it looked really I fun and neat and it had uh, classes. You know what's the one I wanted to play? There's only one class that has magic. Like I went mm-hmm. that one. The rest of them are all sword, swords and axes and bows and stuff like that. Um, like, no, I want the one that slings spells. And I always pick my first character in all fantasy games or RPGs are spellcasters because um, I, I like the, the magic. So is there, that was the question, is there or do I like, or I can't remember the exact question I got that one. Well, just, just, it's just sort of a general question. Like you have, you have many years experience DMing. Sure. Sure. Like if you were telling a story about a, you know, your stereotypical group of murder hobos, except, right. you know, instead of, you know, a, a, a wizard, a druid, a, a bard, and a and a thief, you have, you know, a rogue and a sharpshooter and a demolitions expert and sure. an engineer and a medic well, is, or whatever. Isn't, isn't, that like a, isn't that like Warhammer, things like that? That's why people, I guess, play those. There's not... I mean, I have no idea. I've never, I've never played yeah, I, I, I can't say like, I'm not sure. But, like, if you did... If you did, you know, zombie, which I guess Fallout isn't that different from zombie, though there are no technical, yeah, right, technical zombies. Um, you know, you've got raiders and and ghouls. I guess the ghouls are technically yeah. There's there's, there's got to be mail coming about this that people saying, oh, what about this and this that I'm totally missing that are great non spell type magic based games. That if it's just great. like guns and bombs and whatever, all the all the ways that you can have combat without spells, right? Yeah. Which there are a variety of ways you can have a, you can have a monk class that fights hand to hand. Yeah. There, I mean, I guess that's, that's, it depends on what you also call magic. Like you could technically say the star Wars games don't have magic in it, but there are force people. You know what I mean? I and, mean, the, or, the force, force powers, people. I mean, in the movies up until, you know, the, the newer ones, like they're, you know, the the force is there, but it's just like, it's like really really good intuition or something. Right. It's not, you know. I mean, there's a little bit of levitation, right? But they're the, not throwing fireballs with a spell book of six thousand spells in it. Right? That that stuff in the original trilogy, and I don't know, maybe we'll get mail about this, but to to in you know, as I recall, was mostly you know dark side stuff where they're yeah. where they're using telekinesis and. I I guess I guess in in um, Luke's training with Yoda he does some of that stuff, but it's sure, not sure. really it's not really so much combat. They're not using lightning and stuff like the Sith do and all of that. So it's it's much more uh, subdued, su- subtle. 
Yeah. Well, you know, you know what? Actually, if you think about it, I bet the for a classic, I bet the Lord of the Rings. I don't. I'm surely there's an RPG Lord of the Rings out there. Um, the Tolkien. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is the same way. Like nobody. I mean, unless you consider the skills of the elves magic, which yeah. they're, you know, whatever. I'm not. I'm not super deep in Tolkien lore, but um, like the wizards are the only ones with magic, and even then. They don't really use it because, you know, it's a risk of, like, drawing Sauron or Balrogs or whatever, like, other very powerful evil entities' uh, attention. Right. So so there's one that I think is an example of it. Yeah, I I could play that one because you would be, like, you know, a knight of a Rohirrim, you know, a horseman. Or you would be Mm -hmm. a ranger, and they're different. And then you'd be an elven archer or something, you know. And there wouldn't be magic. And that's a a good example of you'd like to – I'd like to play that because the world is interesting. I'd like to play a character with a story in an interesting world, right? So I guess the answer to your question is, yeah, if if the world was interesting – without magic then i'd love to Ooh, you know a good example probably any western rpg mm. right i mean hell it's, there's it's Firefly funny and, andrew and i were just talking like yesterday or the day before um and i think we talked about this on the show about board games that are western themed and there aren't very many i mean there, aren't very many, right? there are but a lot of them are just skins like bang yeah. could bang. be anything yeah it is everything with all the other skins right <laughs> right um well, yeah, I mean, it, that's a that's a, that's an interesting topic. I I almost want to say it's not a popular enough genre for people. I don't know, but I a mean, lot of people play I, Red Dead Redemption. I never played that one. Red. Oh, Dead that was Redemption that was good. Probably. It was like um, it was somewhere between any of those other single player RPGs. Um, very not very similar, but somewhat similar to an, uh, a Grand Theft Auto game. Yeah. Um, you know, not as, not quite as much, uh, prostitute murdering, but, right, um, right. um right. or, or like a Skyrim or any of those, not, not quite as open, but still pretty open. Um, yeah. but, but in the Western it, theme, I mean, I, do you think it's because the technology I get the, isn't there? Because you only got six shots in a bullet, and then you, you know what I mean? Most <laughs> the, of it's punching, kicking. Um, you know, Red Dead Redemption had a system that you unlocked eventually very similar to VATS. Um, yeah. Where you could, I and I forget what it was called. It was, it was some Western thing, like a Eagle Eye or High Noon sure, or something sure. like that. It didn't completely freeze time like VATS does in, in yeah. Fallout. But... It would slow time down. Actually, Vats doesn't freeze freeze time either, at least in Fallout 4. Um, Time would slow way down, and then all you had to do was drag the cursor with, you know, I played it on console. So, like, you bring the cursor across each of the guys and, like, mark. You're like, okay, this guy, this guy, this guy, just like Vats. And then he would just empty the the you know the cylinders empty the pistol the revolver into you know six guys or whatever yeah but you had right. to you had to level to that point and unlock it i wonder if in the at least in the world of board games i think because so many board games come from other countries 
And obviously there are plenty of board game designers in the U.S. I'm not trying to say that. But the whole concept of like Euro games, you know, guys like Reiner Knizia and all of those, you know, paragons of game design are all from other countries where they don't have the history. Like the Wild West is a very uniquely American cultural time. And yeah. and unlike unlike other specific cultural things like samurai, ninjas, um what else? Well, there are a bunch, I'm just not thinking of any right now. Yeah. Or all the I mean, there are so many board games based on like medieval agriculture. Or trains. Really? Like so many countries have railroads. Um but unlike specific cultural things like ninjas or samurai um the wild west era is kind of i'm going to use the word problematic it's a word that i hate but okay like there was so much like there were so many things about that era that were bad that right were, like morally bad morally bad like just you know um lawlessness lawlessness murder uh, ra- racial genocide you know rampant prostitution like all of that kind of stuff that i can see that kind of stuff making the genre unappealing to yeah a game designer yeah i mean you how, how do you play how do you even make any board game or um uh video game where you're playing a cowboy where there's not like um, murdering or attacking Indians, you know. Right, mean? right. How, I mean, you, you can you can totally you know turn the genre on its head and do something like Firefly, but Firefly still has some weird cultural appropriation with the, and I just said cultural appropriation, but um, <laughs> with the like the Chinese profanity. Yep. Except I don't think you ever see any. Chinese people, which oh, is right. well, which well, which is strange, and and right. the, like the prostitution is still a thing with uh, yep. um the companions and all well, that. I it's how, I wonder how that that show it's tricky. went over in 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 uh, China. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wonder. I wonder if it was watched at all. I mean, believe it or not, they like West. There's Western stuff in China that that uh, the Chinese audience like. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wonder. I wonder how that went off. I'm not sure. Well, speaking know, the, the, speaking of westerns, oh, go ahead. Well, no, let's let's go ahead. You go right okay. where you want. Speaking of westerns, our our weekly quote unquote challenge, and I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that we'll call it weekly challenge because we were planning on watching this. Um, yes. Was the first two episodes of season two, so season two episode one, season two episode two, of HBO's Westworld. Right. Um, uh, did you did you get a chance to watch those? I did. I watched them both. We 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 are on as we mentioned earlier. We're on a short week here with our recording, um, so I did only get to sneak into. Usually with this kind of show, I'd want to sit down and watch more. I'm actually in the middle of watching another series that's very much as intensely you have to pay attention to called Mr. Robot, which we can talk about later. But oh, so right, 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 right now. 
so I've got, I guess the point is that now I have two shows that you have to sit down and you have to pay attention to. I can't just casually watch these here, you know, or on my lunch hour and, and I have to sit down and watch them. So yeah. it was good that there, we only there's had a reason two. HBO doesn't air Westworld and Game of Thrones at the same time. Yeah, right. They would you know pour off their audiences. Um, the so I'm glad that we only had two. Um, I, I liked it. I, I got to watch them. I'm I it's funny because it I thought that season one was a nice, good, solid, complete story. And mm-hmm. while I'm okay with if they would have just been that's the story move on i i liked it enough and i liked the idea of the world the world building that they'd done and interested on what could happen further on with that world so i'm glad for a season two happening and i'm glad that they're that they're expanding upon that although these first two episodes um aren't expanding it in the way that i thought they're not at least right now they're not really going outside with the rest of the world a lot yet yeah a little bit so so for the for the benefit of the listeners, if you are watching or are going to watch Westworld season two and you haven't seen you, you know, you somehow have waited even longer than we have to watch it, considering yeah. you'll hear this like two weeks from now. Um, yeah. We're going to we're going to probably spoil the first two episodes. So pause yeah. the podcast and come back. Welcome back. Yeah, Yay. I feel like um, they're they're getting to that. And and maybe it'll take a while. There was a lot of off-site footage in the second episode, but yes, true. It was it was all flashback. It was, and and it was um, very contained to just like a set piece. Mm-hmm, they weren't mm-hmm. like going through a city. You didn't fly by over New York or walking through you know seeing daily life. You they were like in you know a, a party. Or they were right. at a house, you know. Um, so you didn't really, I didn't really get a whole lot of seeing of what the rest of the world looks like, which is fine, but I kind of was looking forward to that. Did you, did you, how do you like that, that they're doing the same kind of time displacement thing again? I mean, it, it worked really well in the first season. I feel like now that I know that it's a thing, like somebody told me, I don't remember who, possibly. Andrew, my brother, um, that in season one, they used the music as a cue, as a clue to, um, uh, to the, 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 the man in black identity. Oh, being Billy or something. Okay. I um, get that, but okay. which I, I'm sure that if it's, if it's the main melody, that's like, you know, you know the 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 melody i'm talking about right yeah i still have a sore throat so i can't i can't sing it apparently but um then i would have just heard it all the time and been like oh that music's awesome it's like the two moons theme in star wars um right but i hear it now much less often because um uh what's his name um billy or man black or yeah, I I keep wanting to say Ben Kingsley, and that is not the right guy. Oh no, um, uh, Ed Ed Harris. Ed Harris uh, right. has has much fewer scenes. Um, and so I'm glad he's n- back. I'm glad he's back. He's fantastic. yeah. I mean, now that I know that and I'm looking for it, like I I don't I don't hear it as much. I I have the problem where um, I hear a song on the 
you know, player piano or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I know that that is a modern song, but I don't recognize it as like, um, Radiohead's no surprises or Rolling Stones paint it black. Um, I'm like, what, what song is that now? I got to look it up. Um, the, the episode, the, the music in episode two was a, uh, I think a Kanye song called Runaway. I'm not okay. a not a big Kanye fan, so I did not recognize that. I just knew that it was something. I mean, th- those are nice to put in, but I don't I don't ever I don't notice them at all. I mean, it, it's, it's sort of an Easter egg thing. If it's okay. if it's older music, I'm more likely to recognize it and I'm like, "Oh, that's that's pretty sweet." And it's also um I think they use that as clues too. They're like, yeah. "Oh, this is hey, I don't know if you're noticing, but this is thing because the the first season was heavy on the like almost as our friend Pete says heavy handed foreshadowing yeah um which didn't bother me like the first time I went the first time I've only seen season one once but when I watched each of those episodes I remember every episode being like mild mildly mind blowing right yeah. Um, I don't know. Right. Mildly mind blowing is even a thing, but like that's at right. the end of yeah, that's right. That's what that's really some, hardly soft. At, <laughs> at some at some point, definitely maybe. At some point right. toward the end of each episode, there was some moment that made me go, Whoa. Yeah, like, I agree. Uh right. whatever. Um right. I don't know I don't know that I've had that yet so far in season two. I mean yeah. season two is of of a show, especially if a show has a really has a really strong start. Like there are tons of shows that have really weak season ones. Um Star Trek Next Generation, Seinfeld, uh The Office, the yeah. the US Office. Um right. I mean, I don't know, UK Office only had one season, but right. um this show, like Heroes and Lost and a bunch of others like had a really strong first season. Yeah. And so you come into the second season and you're like, okay, well you pulled a big twist on us. Yeah. I mean, several big twists on us in season one. Like right. this dude turned out to be the same dude as Ed Harris. And right. this dude was a, was a, um, a host the whole time. Right. But, but they solved them. I mean, the thing is about the difference between these things. Right. They revealed them all. Unlike, unlike lost, like they answered all the mysteries in season one, not all of them, but all the ones that they raised, they answered, which maybe JJ Abrams should be taking notes on, but should uh, be totally or, or, uh, Damon Lindelof. But, um, (laughs) right, right. So, so I don't know. Um, that's that's the thing is that are they are they going to go back to the it's hard we're only two season, two episodes in and, I, and right. I watched Westworld all the way through so it's hard to see the first one uh first season so it's hard for me to say like oh I'm only reviewing this on on two things but mm-hmm. I, here's what I'll say about this so far is that um they are focusing on Billy slash the man in black slash Ed Harris again with um Dolores and Dolores are it's, so far it seems up that like those are the two characters that they're like yeah. setting on a collision course together. Um they focused on which, Dolores a lot so well the first episode was strongly focused on Bernard. Yeah. The second episode was strongly focused on Dolores. You, you mean Arnold, right? 
Oh, right. Yeah, sure. Right. Um, by the way, can I take a little side thing? Is that he is the most annoying character in the entire world. I loved him in the first season. I can't stand him in the second one because, you know, when someone asks you a direct question, you respond. You just like mm. when someone says, uh, do you remember what happened here, sir? And the guy just kind of looks off in the distance. You, you, I would want to smack him in the face. You know, like, dude, look at me. I know you're the boss, but you have to answer me here. You yeah, have to tell me. Yeah, I get that. It's it's yeah. interesting to me that I can't tell who knows that he's a synth, a, a host. Yeah. He has that whole scene with the with the girl in the bunker where yeah. he's using the, the mesh network, which is a funny, I don't, I don't know that we have time to get into this, into this, but that's a funny, like, real world technology sort of thing right. where you're like, well, of course the, all the hosts have Wi-Fi and they're connected to each other. Like they're using right. the verbal cues just as a, as a construct. Right. Yeah. The, um, I, I don't know. I don't know who knows. I don't think anyone knows except maybe Dolores. No, 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 no. Uh, Tandy knows. And uh, several people that were there when she, cause she tried to kill him. Hmm. Um, right. The, the other lady, actually that was so far of all, but I, I, I don't know if I'm, we're sounding like we're complaining on this show, but I, I like it so far. I, I want to yeah, say that so far, so far, I'm I'm pretty much just along for the ride. Like I have no idea yeah. what's going on. Just like I mean, the second episode had a lot of information, uh, uh, sort of right yeah. in the sense where, or by contrast to the first season, which was like, okay, here's first season. This is a place where. There are a bunch of people that are robots, and there are a bunch of people that'll that are people. And oh, by the way, the robots can't harm anyone. And then in the very first episode, like she swats a fly and kills it, and you're like, "What? What? You just right. you just made this rule?" And then you, which you know, I can see how some people watch that and and see it as heavy handed. I mean, to me, it was just yeah. a kind of mind blowing. But um, and then in. Episode two of season two, they do these flashbacks. You're like, oh, I see. This started at a time around now. Yeah. Right? Where, like, they were doing AR and VR and these kind of things. And, like, somebody built these androids. And, you know, the guy who becomes the Men in Black uh, or his brother-in-law can't tell. But, of course, it's dramatic yeah. irony. Like, we know that the girl, the blonde, is um, is a host, but he yeah. doesn't know. And so, he's, you know, he's walking the thing, and he's right. like, oh, it's, you know, your your actors aren't very good. They're, they're very obviously human. And you can right. see, like, his mind being blown when he realizes that, you know, not only is, not only is she a host... But everybody in that room is a host. Everybody, even the guy that he met with was a host. Right, right. Even uh, uh, Matthias. Oh, you've not seen uh, Longmire, but right, that's no. the guy who but, he's in Longmire. Right. No, the 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 thing that is bugging me so far about these two episodes is their very overt um, things to keep us in the dark that shouldn't be kept in the dark. Mm. Uh, it's it, and, and and I get. Some of that was uh, interesting in the first season with with mysteries that get, get resolved, but some things don't need to be mysteries. Like I hate sure. that when she walks up and says things like, "I have seen the future. Do you want to know what it is?" And the guy, like the tech, will be like, "He just stand there and not say anything," and then she, <laughs> and then she'll walk away and not say anything. I'm like, "What? What? 
or when they <laughs> when they show a a a lion or a tiger Bengal tiger dead on the side of the thing like this shouldn't be here and you're like okay tell us about the other parks just we know there's there right right just say the words like oh you, it's in you know southwest park or it's in you, asia park you, te- you teased the at least one more park in the finale of season one like when are we going and again we're only two episodes in so yeah i mean know, th- that's the thing is they, they might go they, to samurai a, world in the next episode yeah. and we have no they're, idea. they're still they're they're clearly you know they can do but the thing is they they don't need to hide that they just people would Normal people would talk about it. They would say, <laughs> instead of saying, oh, this shouldn't belong here. What most people would say is that, oh, this is a, this is a Samurai World Park uh, tiger. That's what would happen. If you're at Disney and you see a, and you're in, uh, you see a tiger dead in, in Magic Kingdom, you, you would say, oh, this belongs in the Animal Kingdom. You wouldn't say, right. oh, how did this get here? You're like, no, you would say this is an Animal Kingdom tiger. Right, right. You know? And and the only the only thing I could say to to potentially justify that is is the idea that they're not, you know, at least half of them are not people, right? right. They're wh- whatever they are with their their subroutines and their adaptive algorithms. Like, you know, they're designed a certain way. I I love the I love the scene in episode one, um, with uh. Oh, what's her name? And the and the guy, the writer, the narrative writer, where she says she says something about you know cut cutting his manhood off and feeding him feeding it to him, though right, right. you know, it probably won't make much of a meal and there's a there's uh-huh. a beat and he goes I I wrote that line for you. <laughs> That's right, yeah, right. And you're like, Oh yeah, just just in case you forgot, these are not people. They're they're still robots. Yeah, that's that, that that's an interesting little thing plot line that they're going along with here is that not all of the hosts have been quote unquote awakened yet. Right. Um, and, and now they're kind of almost taking that like she's leading the zombie army. Yeah, it's becoming the the dead people army. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I'm you know, I'm intrigued to see where they're gonna go with this. Yeah, and so yeah, it's it's cool and interesting and I'm and I and I'm I'm intrigued. I'm a, I'm a little annoyed that they are treating us like we're just coming into this as, as children. When if we have survived through the intellectual duress that that Westworld season one takes us through, if, if we're watch, you know what? if we're a season two watcher, we can handle this stuff. We you don't have to treat us like we don't know. Yeah, what's and there here. and there's there's a degree of it. There's a certain amount of it that does feel like you know the writers going. Oh hey, the big like defining characteristic of this show was all the mysteries, and so we gotta keep like baiting out these mysteries and not answering them so that we can yeah. have the payoff later. And it does right. feel a little, I don't know, contrived is a strong word, but it does feel it a little feels contrived. forced that you're you're forcing us to yeah. not know these things, which they're not. That's the thing is that this that's I guess that's my biggest thing is that these aren't mysteries that we are questioning. We know right. there are other parks. Everyone knows it. And, and <laughs> right. you know, just, just say, and I know I'm hammering on the park things, but it's the same thing with like, uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think. One of the scenes that bugs me too is when he goes to get Lawrence and then he, he's like, okay, let's skip, let's skip all the, the, the information and just to have all of a sudden Lawrence accepts that we're, uh, um, you know, we're humans now or that he's human. You know what I'm saying? Oh. The man in black mm-hmm. talks to Lawrence in, in the bar and it's like, okay, 
it took in the season one, it took some convincing a lot of times for people to understand, you know, things or whatever. And now all of a sudden the hosts are just immediately, okay, I get it. You know? Well, and it's, and it's a story set in a world where like they might lay down rules, but they can sort of break their own rules. And so I'm, I'm waiting for like, um, like there's so much of it that, that doesn't necessarily make sense to me. Um, you know, she, Dolores meets with those guys. I don't even remember what their group is called. And then her people shoot them all right. They're all, they're in a barn set up at a table. Like it's the last supper. Right. And, um, and then, you know, she has the tech wake the guy back up. So it's like, okay, well they, they have subroutines that say, you know, when this happens, when you get shot, then you, you know, you shut down yeah. this this function and you behave this way. It's this whole simulation. But I'm sitting there going, okay, if Dolores' programming has gone rogue, like what what does that mean? Like what in in this world, in this story where we don't know what any of the rules even are because they lay down rules and then break their own rules, like what's to stop her from just like downloading information into their program like they've established that they're on a, a wireless mesh network yeah like for sure. what's to stop her program from just overriding everybody else's program well if if anybody i keep saying tandy tandy it's, it's the the other lady who who is aware of things and she's going to find her daughter yeah that, i can't that think lady, of her name either that lady there she literally had already reprogrammed herself and she knows how to do it so she could be doing that to everyone right Right. Oh, I will say a little minor annoyance too is is how they had great characters die in the first season and now they're just kind of easily back. Um, like they should have just left them dead. Um, mm. the, the 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 dark horse cowboy guy that sacrificed himself for her, and then he's just back. You know. Like, oh, well, you know what? You got a lot of holes. So you're you're fine. Um, and <laughs> you know they they should have just left people. Even even um, Dolores's boyfriend Teddy, which I think Teddy. Teddy's going to have a better role like um they're they're setting him up to be something i feel like they're setting him up to be a traitor to her i think it's gonna happen she's gonna go off the deep end and he's gonna be like Mm. no you can't be just murdering people you're not a murderer Mm -hmm. you know you're just as bad as these guys (laughs) so i think that's what's gonna happen is because he's with her now because he loves her but she doesn't really love him because she's you know in murder hobo mode which by the way i i liked dolores a lot in the first season and whatever you think about her how in the first season, I liked her and liked her character. In this one, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of it. She's just turned into this psycho killer. Yeah. Because you know? uh, C- to say. Yeah, I mean, yes, you're you used us for for your pleasure and you raped and murdered and killed us. Okay, great. But this guy in front of you, maybe he didn't. This tech guy definitely didn't. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know, you're just as bad. You know, you're just going to murder the world. So yeah, and that's another thing too. Is yeah. that really w- there's what fifty maybe a hundred hosts They're, they can just come in with the army and kill this, these things. What the, what the heck? Right. They're, yeah. Like yeah. Time. It's, it's, it's interesting. And in the, you know, the stuff about him in the park, uh, as a startup was all, was all really interesting. It's yeah. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it. And I've been watching it, um, on, on my TV, my, my low end 4k TV, which, makes me wish 
or whatever it's the thing their design decisions but it makes me wish that the that the hosts look more looked more fake okay if that makes sense i'm like this is this is very clearly a person like yeah they don't they do stuff with their mannerisms that I've, I've noticed more now that I'm looking for it. Like I see the very intense close-ups, and I can see all the like, um, whatever the foundation cover-up, whatever that the actors and actresses are wearing. Okay. And I'm like, it's it's clearly a person. Like they didn't need, like why would they have made a robot that's that that's this like whatever imperfections and whatever. Um, yeah. Because they're not, they're supposed to not be people. And it's part of it is just the resolution of the TV makes all that stuff. Yeah, so you, you but, actually noticed it on high. I, I don't notice that. I've but, but then I watch their like, their mannerisms, the way that they act, the way that they sometimes walk and move. And I'm like, I see what's happening here. They're, they're very subtly trying to make like the first time. What does he do? It's the first time that you see Dolores walking in um in the modern world, like in the real world. Yeah. In a in a modern dress. Right. And I'm like, I see what's happening. She's walking and it looks like it looks like it could be a normal person walking, but not quite. All right. It's subtle. Yeah, that's good. That's acting. It's, it's pretty good acting. Well. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm intrigued. I like the, the same word, word you're saying. I, I don't know where they're going with the Dolores Man in Black thing. And, and if their main plot point is to have these two, if the whole show is to have these two come to head, that's a little that's a little bad because I actually felt that the Dolores Man in Black thing was very well handled in season one. And that was the best thing about season one. And it was done. I right. Mean, it, it was done. Granted, she could have done worse to him, but what are they going to do? They're going to they're going to address more of his relationship with Dolores. We got it. We got we got that. Right. He where he come from before and where he is now. It was also it was also interesting to me that she and the other girl are not allies. I like that. I liked that a lot. That was my favorite scene so far that I've watched when she comes in and she becomes this. She's clearly a fanatic. Dolores is right. Right. And no, she's definitely going to be one of those cult leaders is what's going to, she's going to turn into. <laughs> and then Tandy is, Newton is, is definitely a, you know, I don't care. I'm just a person. I want to live a normal kind of life with my daughter and you guys all stay away. She's, she's got a personal quest. And once she repeat, once she completes that quest, then her class is retired and. Yeah, that's right. You, you got to roll a new class. Exactly. Got to roll a new class. Right. A little Gloomhaven there. Well, it's a good one. Are we are for our next challenge? Are we going to watch that again? I or mean, we yeah, we'll keep we'll keep going. Okay, yeah. We've got, oh man, I don't even know when we're going to record next. Do you want to? Well, just... I, I, I think that we could watch them all. Yeah, I that's kind of what I'm. That's kind of what I'm leaning toward. I think there's only um, ten or twelve, right? Granted, that's they're hours, but actually longer than hours on some of them. Um, but I, I think we should we could do okay with that. I we mean, holiday it's time coming up. it's Thursday. We've got we've got a week. If we record when this episode airs, that's going to be like July. Yeah, we'll we'll get it. Like July eighth, so that's yeah. like it's like a week and a half from now. That's that's about yeah. time. I'm I'm sure we can get it, and it, it'll okay. be interesting enough to keep it with me. So for sure. Well, I think that's that's good. I think we're good. 
That's awesome. good. We'll, we're, we'll we're, have we're to, hitting a good time today. For our, we'll for our we'll save this. Uh, we'll save this IT and film topic for next time. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, that's uh, for our listeners. I mentioned a little bit here. I've been watching Mr. Robot, and if you haven't watched Mr. Robot, go watch it. It's it's pretty good uh, if you've like tech or any kind of IT. Because we're we'll, I want to discuss it with Dennis, who's not watched it. Yeah, and I haven't seen it, so right. And, and maybe by the, next recording, I'll have seen some of it. Yeah. Maybe, but it's it's more on the. I'd like to discuss the whole topic of, you know, like hackers, the old eighty show hackers, and even the Matrix. <laughs> you know, in in the Matrix, even though it's the Matrix, it didn't it didn't focus a lot on actual coding and the mechanics or IT. And anytime you'd see it, it was very a mystical type of thing. So anyway, my, I'd like us yeah. to all and discuss. I, I have and, thoughts and on that, so so, that. so we'll save it, save it for next. Right, time. we'll save that for next time. Cool. All right, man. All right, everybody. Yes. You have you've been listening to the front porch, episode forty-five, almost a fifty. Wow, getting there. Special thanks as always to our good friends over at Geek Scholars Movie News. Woohoo! Go guys. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, you can find show notes and links for this episode. I got a I didn't say this at the beginning of the show, but I stripped the paint off the last door for the second floor of my house, and so I Mm. put a put a video, time lapse video up on uh up on Instagram. I'll put a, oh, a link there. Yeah. It's kind of it. cool. I've not seen that one yet. I'll watch it. If you're into that kind of thing. Yep. Um, we've also got contact information there. If you want to tell us all the stuff we're wrong about, tell us that Westworld is terrible and we're wasting our time. Uh, feel free <laughs> right. to, to don't, send don't, us an email. Don't see the rest. Don't watch the rest. Uh, if you like this show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts can be found. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, that helps us out a lot. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. Night, guys.